1: That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That, that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash ifanboy. This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week Podcast, episode 473, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. I don't know where I'm going. But I
0: sure know where I've been Having on the promises and the songs of yesterday. And I've made up my mind.
1: Welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 473. I am Josh Flanagan, and with me is Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. 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 We are iFanboy. Uh, We like comic books. We do. Oh, every week we read a bunch of them. (laughs) I thought it was enough to just say we like comics. We read a bunch of them. One of us uh, picks their favorite book. We call that the Pick of the Week. We're going to talk about that book. We're going to talk about other books uh, from the week, uh, some other things, Um, and and then maybe we'll do some questions, whatever. We're going to have fun. Uh, It'll be a good time. As you've become accustomed, uh, hopefully would, more so. I would hope. Yeah, here's your spoiler warning. That was it.
0: There might be some spoilers,
1: <laughs> so you know we're we're all adults here. That's not necessarily true,
0: but that's how I like to think of it because otherwise
1: it's too difficult.
0: Connor, you had the pick. This was difficult. This was one of those weeks where I have a ton of books. It, yes. I haven't had one of those weeks in a while, and back when we were doing this full time, that was much easier to deal with. But uh, I had like 19 books this week, which was crazy. I, think I had 18, and uh, I had a bunch of really good ones. So it was tough. But I read Lazarus 15 fairly early on in the process, and thought, okay, that's going to be really hard to beat. And it turned out it was. So Lazarus 15 was the pick of the week. Greg Rucka, Michael Lark. We've talked a lot about this book. Josh has made his threats. We'll we'll probably get back to that, but uh, this, guarantee it. This was an issue. Where uh, mostly silent because it was mostly a f- fairly bloody fight scene between uh, Forever, the the Lazarus of the Carlisle family, and was it Sophia, her name was, or something like that? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Sonia. It was Sonia. Nope. Yeah, Sonia. <laughs> okay, it was Sonia uh, who was fighting for the other side. So basically, we have here, we have is the conclave of families. This is the uh, future world where a bunch of rich families control the earth. And they've had a conclave because the Carlisle family, who we've been following, is in conflict with the Hawk family, who was uh, stolen or kidnapped one of, uh, one of the Carlisle's sons, Jacob. Oh, no, that's Hawk. Uh, what? The names are hard to remember. It doesn't matter. Move along. <laughs> the point is it's been, they've, been, they've been having a dispute, and they've decided to go with the age-old... Uh, dispute reconciliation uh, manner of fighting. I'm so. sorry, can I, can I interrupt you about this real quick? Yes. Uh, I'm looking through the fight
1: right now, and the middle page section mm-hmm. has let go from the staple on my copy of yeah, Lazarus. Yeah, mine too.
0: Mine as well. Who can we talk to about this? I'm sure we, there's someone. All right. But trial by combat, which... I, let's talk about that for a second. Um, well, uh, yeah. When did we decide I, that... You know, we'll put evidence aside. We'll put witnesses aside, and we'll just decide who is right or who is wrong by who is stronger. And, and well, I guess everyone—that's always been the way of the world. It's,
1: it's a ridiculous notion. I think it's a ridiculous notion when it happens in Game of Thrones, which is overall ridiculous. And the fact that it happens here is is kind of interesting because this book I've always considered—you know—it's it's a future book. It's it's w- what will happen. Uh, but I think he's reminding us that this is just a return
0: to feudalism. Really, Absolutely,
1: 100%. And, and so that's why this can happen.
0: I like the tropes of the old days being inserted into the, into the future because that's what it is. It's a return to powerful families controlling everyone. And so why not return to those customs of trial by combat? So here you've got... Because they're dumb. Right. But here you've got a master class from Michael Lark and the rest of the art team, which I'm going to give credit to because that's primarily why it's to pick. So Tyler Boss... Uh, our artists, Santi Arcos and Colors, uh, just a masterclass in silent storytelling, in uh, telling a story through only pictures. A story that's logical—if you you can follow the fight all the way through, it it was really a, just a beautiful sequence. This fight scene,
1: it was. I will tell you, I I went back and I made sure to read it a lot, mm-hmm. um, just because. You know, I used to you used to get through something like this, and I just sort of breeze through it. But now I, I really try to pay yes. attention to the moves, to the choreography, to to how it works. You know, um, uh, you know how the sort of battle progresses and things like that. And I did get; I was slightly lost um, about. There's a bit at the end where Sonya basically says something like, "Like, oh, your sword was too light," yeah, they, because yeah, they had switched swords. Right. And I was, and I went back to try to find that visually. Mm-hmm. But I, I, don't know that I could. That was my. If I had any complaint, like I was like I, I guess. And so I was trying to decide. Did they say that because it wasn't entirely clear? It's
0: it's, it's when they went. It's when La. Uh, it's when it's when Forever got her arm broken. Mm-hmm. They uh, they were holding each other's hilts in yep. each hand, and and Forever's arm gets broken, and you can see them switch hands. It's 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 a it's a, it's a subtle thing. But they, they no, that's towards. when she
1: took it. And then right. after that, they've switched swords because uh, Forever has that sort of shorter serrated edge one. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've switched swords, and then they get locked again a couple of pages later, and I think that's when she loses it.
0: No, no, that, that's, it's, it's the arm-breaking scene because there's a close-up actually of Sonya holding, uh, hitting this her sword against Forever, and you can see her sword now has the serrated edge to, the, to it.
1: Right. No, that's when they switch. But the point is that after she switches, then she has Forever Sword, which is lighter. So mm-hmm. after that right. is when she had a problem. Yes. Um. So I, I just I, it's not really even a criticism. It was just a thing that they said. So I went back to see how they could illustrate it. Um, and I don't. I sort of see where the moment is. But I, I don't. I don't mind that. Like he said, Rucka said something in the end. Like I had built the story to this point so that we had time to just let, uh, to just let Lark go. Yep. Um, which, which is rad. I, we just don't get to do that uh, nearly enough, and it's always sort of a treat when they do. I find myself, I mean, like, as you keep go- if you keep going on in this comic book world, do you find yourself just silent issues? They're just, like, the greatest thing.
0: Well, I've always loved them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going no. back to G.I. Joe 21, but I, they are great, especially when they are done at this skill level. And I know in the past, we used to have the website discussions. People would complain because they felt like they would read this issue in two minutes and be over. But that's really the wrong way to read a comic, and I hate to say it like that, but it is. It is. I agree. You, you, and
1: and I, I, I've been guilty of that, you know, like I, you know somewhat. Mm-hmm. But, but in, in terms of this, I mean, that's what comic book storytelling is. It's about that much more than the words. so therefore that is inherently a wrong statement.
0: But uh, this is brutal, and then surprising no one, uh, Hawk is a bad loser. I really liked the end bit, too. I felt like, like we didn't
1: just end up on the sort of uh, tragedy of the fight. But I guess there wasn't much tragedy because she wasn't killed. But then you know the sort of double cross and the, the spit in his face. Spit you know. poison in his face. You thought he was going to kill himself. Yes. But uh, not the
0: case. So if, if indeed the, the uh, patriarch of the Carlisle family dies here, which it seems like he is, then again they are uh, medical geniuses. Um, then that'll throw this whole thing in disarray, which will be really interesting. It takes over. Right, exactly. That's where, That's the sort of brilliance of Rucka's story here is that we've got this set world. We're 15 issues into it. And then the most powerful man in it, if he's dead, that's going to cause an even more chaos, which is going to be great. Yeah. The world that he's built here is so wonderful. I can't, when you just said 15 issues, I was
1: like, that's it? Yeah,
0: it's only been fifteen.
1: And and every issue to me feels short. Like I'm like I would. I wish that was longer. Not, you know. That's because not how much they can fit. But uh, that's really interesting. In a good I ah, just love the dirty inks that he that he does. Like in his in his choreography throughout throughout this whole thing. If, I just
0: love it. If you're in a comic store and you're not reading this book, just pick it up and flip through it and check out the fight scene. And then maybe this will entice you to pick up the series. But uh, at the very at the very least, just check it out for the artistry. And, the, and it's the pure storytelling skill in this sequence. It's most of the book. It's probably half the book. Yeah. Or, or more. And uh, it's, it's just beautiful. Once I realized what was happening, I was like, oh, all right. Let's do this. Buckle up. Yeah. So good. I mean, you make the joke every time that you'll start putting people against the wall if, if this book is, ends. I don't want to say canceled because the creators end the books in an image. But uh, I know what you're I'm,
1: saying. Not, I'm not gonna hold them responsible. I'm not gonna hold I'm not gonna hold the publisher responsible. I'm going to hold you responsible. I'm just saying you're starting to act like one of these families though. With there's right like and that. there's there's right and there's right. <laughs> you know? And who's the arbiter of that? Well, me. And who better? <laughs> really? Exactly. Who
0: better to arbitrate? Like I can trust anyone else? No. Bunch, bunch of bunch of uh, Jim Oaks. Lunatics. So Lazarus fifteen not a ton to say about it, simply because it was, it was mostly about this just amazingly uh, realized uh, scene in the middle. But uh, this book continues to be one of my favorites. I'm always excited when it comes out. It doesn't come out quite regularly as you'd like it, but it it's not as bad as say, uh, Jupiter's Legacy or or one of those.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's that bad. No, um, but you know, but it's uh, great. Yeah. Now, I see it now,
0: real real close second. Was MPH number five? Really? So you weren't so into this? I wasn't sure after the, with the first issue, but I have I, I, stuck with it and really enjoyed it. I, my real first question is, who is this Mark Miller? That's that's writing these heartwarming, well, stories. This if we've he's been a brand he's been around
1: for a while. I, the twist in this book, and by the way, this doesn't work in a movie. In, the, in quite the same way, it should be right. like, oh, that's that guy. Right. Uh, but it worked in this. Uh, the twist in this book was just just wonderful. Um, the the way that they revealed, you know, the expert, you know, that they that they took out of jail and brought him in, and the whole story, and then and then the other part of the story. Like I had forgotten about the guy who had been sent back to yeah. the. Well,
0: it's the, only been five corporate. issues. This is the fifth and final issue. So between MPH and Starlight, you've got two. A limited series from mark miller that have been very tonally different than what he has been he had been doing in the wanted and uh kick-ass era but he's turned to a different style here and this is very sort of back to the future-esque with the letter showing up from the guy who went back in the past and mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> I, I dug everything about this this has been yeah. it's been a great mini-series
1: I also really like the sequence too, and I, well, this is actually something we, t- we touched on in the first issue. Was sort of the technical comic book storytelling version of what to do while the while he fires the bullet. Right. You know, like, like we talked about how super speed is depicted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just as a, as a thing, I always appreciate that. I always like that part of comics that has to play with the depiction of time because it doesn't move. Right. You know, not like a moving picture. You can you can you can do that with. Uh, a Jim Croce song and some slow motion, you know, if you want. Sure. But here, you have to come up with something uh, smart to to sort of depict that. And the scene where, where he follows, he fires the bullet, and there's a whole scene that takes place between the time that the bullet comes out of the gun, you know, and, and the person who's shot. I really liked that. and yeah. Like I had not. Kn- I was like, oh wow, we're we're still within this microsecond, bullet which time. is
0: yeah, it's so cool. Um, yeah, so this was the, this was the story of a, of a bunch of kids from Detroit who stumbled upon pharmaceutical uh, speed powers, basically. they take pills and they could move really fast. And, and uh, it was really good. And the Ducking for a Great Hour was wonderful. Um, really, if this is the way Mark Miller's going, I'm more than happy to, to, to be on board.
1: You know, he was a guy who I avoided
0: yeah. for a
1: time. I was like, you know, he's not, he's, whatever he's doing is not my thing. And now he's, now he's a guy like, oh, this, I'm, I'm excited to see more. Yep. Uh, and, it's, and, and also, it's all very different. I mean, this is very different from Starlight. It's very different than Jupiter Rising. Like the, it's like, um, I was trying to think of somebody else who sort of has that kind of range where he's doing all sorts of different stories. Uh, like Jason Aaron, I guess, would be another
0: one. But I would, I would can... put this tonally similar to Starlight. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, but... it's, it's violent, but it's up, up, ultimately uplifting. Mm-hmm. I mean there's a happy ending for everybody involved in both those stories. And, yeah, that's uh, not I don't know
1: that's only that's uh uh I can't I can't think of it. It's name. it's
0: it's totally much sim- similar than you than you'd structurally. Then you'd put uh the, those other stories you did, you know, the evil Batman story and the Jesus Christ <laughs> as, as a human. I don't even want to remember those names. This it's is chosen. Awful. I yeah. read the first uh, story. <laughs> Trouble. Do you remember Trouble? Yes. Yeah. Yes. There was, some, there was some... But this was a fun time travel story, speedster story. This is, this is sort of back to Mark Miller's old vein of well, coming up under Grant Morrison, of looking at these superpowers from a, a, a scientific angle. It reminds me that the first time that I ever
1: read Mark Miller was doing film industries on The Flash. Yes. I think it was the Black Flash story in the middle of Wade's run. That's probably where most people... And this is very like that. And the thing is, like... Flash has always had that thing where, you know, a super speed story is a time travel story. Mm-hmm. It's all, you know, through your relativity, blah, blah, blah. Um, I say that because I don't understand it. And I'm not smart enough to expound on it. But basically, like, the faster you're moving, you are moving in time. Um, and so it's... it's it, but with this, he's just saying, yeah, they go hand in hand, um, which is really cool. I love that stuff.
0: Yeah. And I, I liked that the, the, there's basically two twists here, and I liked them both. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Agree. So... Uh, I realize we actually haven't talked about Ultimate
1: Spider-Man in a while, which I think uh, I think that this is going to matter to the lot, like, it's all, like this, all this story is going to come together in a big way mm-hmm. um, so we should, we should be keeping up on him a little bit for the folks at home but a uh, main point being I still really like this book yes. and I really like this character and I'm enjoying the last couple of, uh, of issues as, as we make progress in Miles' personal life
0: I was when I finished reading this issue I, I thought to myself I'm going to be really bummed when this ends because yeah I really like the this little pocket world that's gotten smaller and smaller the ultimate world that they you know they created in 2000 and but uh and they and Brian Bendis has been writing for 15 years yeah but David Marquez when he first came on this book I was missing La Fuente and I was missing all those other artists but he's really Made this particular story, this particular character, his own, and yeah. it's this is a gorgeous issue. This is a really gorgeous issue. And
1: yeah, I've 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 enjoyed the sort of uh, admittedly melodramatic sort of backstory to the father, mm-hmm. and 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 why all that happened, and then the sort of looming threat in the background of his of his girlfriend's uh, dad.
0: This is like the ultimate bad Brad. meeting with your girlfriend's parents, right? When you yeah. when they're hy- Hydra agents.
1: What's his deal again? He's somebody. Wait, they're Hydra. Oh, he's Hydra. But I thought he was like they found that he was a supervillain or something. We would had revealed like before. I don't
0: remember that like, just, specifically. Oh, I just thought her, maybe they are just Hydra. Her dad, That's her a, parents are Hydra. So it makes it. Remember, we did talk about this when Miles decided to reveal his identity to his girlfriend, and we we, we talked about how bad that an idea that <laughs> was, and it's really doubly bad when you're when her parents are are evil. So we got to deal with that. I really like that last page. I like the angle a yes. lot on the dad. It's a great, it's a great sequence. Yep. Um, I like Miles. I like Genki, if That's how you say his name. Mm-hmm. And all these characters are super fun. And I don't know what's going to happen. I strongly suspect they're going to find a way to keep Miles in the new paradigm. Oh, they're not going to get rid of this character. So we'll have two Spider-Men. Um, I'm
1: fine. I'm also fine with that. Yeah. I don't care. I I want to keep reading his story. I don't. <laughs> I don't really care so much about the stories of him, like, fitting into his new world. So I would rather they did that sort of seamlessly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, like, I don't, I just want to keep reading this one that, that's going on as it is. But here's, like, here's the thing. When, when Peter Parker died, it was super sudden. And it felt to me like his story hadn't been told right. fully. Like, it was just like, no, no, we're done now. He's, he's dead now. And then I was like, oh. And then he brought this character in. And, and I was like, all right, you know what, this is fine. Like, I'm enjoying
0: this too. Uh so uh, you know maybe it'll just be like that. Well we we'll find Hopefully. out soon enough. We'll talk about that more in a bit later on. So I was surprised to find that War Corner would show up in the Multiversity. <laughs> but in the Multiversity Minutemen, number 1, we have uh the story of the Ubermensch in which uh the, the Kryptonian or the this this world's Kryptonian version ship lands in Nazi Germany and uh is discovered by the Nazis and Hitler, who has been reading a Superman comic, is very excited to have his, his Superman on the Shitter. Yeah.
1: This is. The Shit. Or the the Shitler, as it was called. This,
0: this was. <laughs> this issue drawn by Jim Lee, continuing the all star cast of artists on this book. Uh, what did you think, Josh?
1: I thought that. A, I was like a third through it and I was like, who's drawing this? Because I remember seeing Lee on the cover and it just didn't occur to me that it would right. be Jim Lee. It's probably Stan Lee. And I was like, oh, it's Jim Lee. Okay. I guess that's fine. Like it was, it didn't bother me. It was the art, art was fine. I thought, I, re- I love this. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's it was basically, it was the most clear yeah. of all of, the, all of the multiversity stories. It was the most sort of straightforward. I mean, it was basically the Elseworlds story, but this is one of my favorite Elseworlds stories in terms of like what ifs. Mm-hmm. And and I I really I, I enjoy like I I just ponder about the, the Nazi Batman. Like what's that guy like? Like like you don't want him on that side. What you know, what caused him to be that? And so is, it, is he Nazi because that's those are the values he was brought up with? Well yeah, because they, they won the war. Right. But so are we saying that he's inherently going to be a super weapon? for whatever value system he was brought up with instead of being inherently good inside.
0: Well, it's all relative, They talk right? about
1: that, too, right. Well, yeah. n- sort of. Uh, there's a really interesting bit in here where he's, where they, they sort of talk about, like, they split up Nazism, I guess, mm-hmm. in, in keeping, like, their government is a certain way, but they, they sort of issue the, the like, well, the, the, the genocide was probably a bad idea.
0: Well, so just to, for context, if you're not reading it, yeah, it starts with you know, obviously uh, during the war when they discover the, the, they discover the baby with Hitler, but then it jumps to the present uh, in which, you know, he's all grown up. He's, he's not Superman. He's Ubermensch or something. Overman. He's Overman. Uberman. And then he's got his own Justice League of Nazi uh, you know, versions, versions of the heroes you know today living in America, which has been taken over. And, and uh, so you're dealing with the present day. And he's not... O- Overman, Superman, is not comfortable with the ethnic cleansing of the war, but does es- seem to uh, espouse the totalitarian regime yeah. aspects of it. Um, I, I like that they called the Watchtower the Eagle's Nest.
1: Yeah, I did too. That was a nice little virtuous uh, Godinism. But, um, uh, yeah, I like this. It's dis- it's re- It's a really disturbing kind of story. Like... As you, you know, there's just Superman with the, with the swastika in the background. Did you
0: clench your fist when the Nazis bazookaed the Lincoln Memorial? Yeah, I didn't like that. I, I, I love didn't. Uncle Sam. Yeah. I, just, I
1: don't get him enough. <laughs> I love his, like, goofy, folksy talk. Um, he's, he's kind of, he's, he's a little bit like, I'm like, that's Abraham Lincoln. Oh, well, yeah. Like, well, uh, uh, why don't we
0: have an Uncle Sam movie starring Sam Elliott?
1: Because we've all seen him without his mustache now, and it's terrifying. <laughs> Somebody out there wrote that he looks like a Dr. Seuss character with his pointy lip, and he does, and I can't not see it. And I, I need him to grow that mustache back. Right now. idiot. Yeah.
0: But anyway, I think he'd be great. Mostly because uh, he talks kind of like the character that he plays on Parks and Recreation. Mm-hmm. And I, I, that character makes me laugh so much. But uh, I thought this is great with the Resistance team of people who you know, like the, from that whole era of the, the Uncle Sam characters, the uh, Phantom Lady and, and, and those people, the Freedom Fighters. Mm-hmm. I like tying that bit in. Um, I, I just want to read this. Like I feel like, all right, that was a great first issue, but we're not going to do more. That's the sad thing about this particular book is that you meet these worlds and these interesting characters mm-hmm. and you, you may most likely never see them again.
1: I'll tell you what a hard sell is. Nazi Superman, the ongoing series. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that ends up on Fox News.
1: Yeah, There's I know. No but way that
0: doesn't. I'm telling you something. I'm reading that book. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm totally reading that book. I'm listening to the the Sam Elliott audio version.
1: <laughs> and then he washed his cape. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It was, it was. I don't want to say it was my favorite, but it was sort of the most uh, poppy pleasing sort of version of those. That was the most. It was the most easily digestible one.
0: This I've been enjoying the hell out of this series. Yes. Yeah. They've been. They've been this good. This series has been. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm I'm glad it continues.
1: Because I can't not check in on the kitchen. Have you are you reading <laughs> no, this? I need to know. No. No. So you never ni- went back. I had in?
0: 19 books as it was. I can't okay. be adding new books.
1: All right, so if you've been listening uh then you know what it is. Um so the the kitchen is is a story. It's like 70s New York City,
0: three ladies who are oh, yeah, girlfriends. I've done this because you've been saying how not good it's been but that I can't look away. Right, but I I wouldn't join Okay, in so with here's you. the deal. This issue was a
1: little better. <laughs> this with number 4, like they've set things up and 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 like the husbands are coming back from jail which which sets up a really interesting dynamic because they don't want it to go back to the way it well, it's was. Like the war. And then the war like the war is starting there's a, there's like a gangland hit on somebody like the an Italian uh, sort of head guy gets killed um Thanks to a double cross from from one of the uh, Orthodox Jewish gangsters. Mm -hmm. I love this stuff. (laughs) Not, you know, uh, that takes place outside a delicatessen. You know, in the middle of the city, and they're talking business, and you could, and when he's killed, and uh, I don't know. This one was a better issue. I, I I definitely I liked the direction that it was going. Now that it's set up a little bit, and I think that once they understand their characters and their world a little better, they might start to get away from some of the cliche that I think was bothering me. How um, is but the I'm, art? It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not great. I, I, I wish I could say it was, but, um, it's, I don't know. It, it looks, it looks like a vertigo book from the nineties.
0: Hmm.
1: Like, you know, like, like one of those, it's Ming Doyle. Who's a, who's a fine artist, but it just, it reminds me of a, of sort of an art style from a different time. Right. Uh, which isn't necessarily bad, but it, it, uh, it does the trick, though. I know who all the characters are, which is, which is actually quite a big deal given that there's no costumes or anything.
0: That's good. So.
1: That's the most important thing. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, uh, go to iFanway.com slash Amazon if you want to help the show out. That's where you go to make your Amazon purchases. You click that link. Uh, you make your purchase. We get a piece of Amazon's pie when, 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 from that sale and it <laughs> helps keep the show going. <laughs> And uh, also, a great way to help the show is to go to ifanboy.com/registration. That's where you become an Ifanboy member for three bucks a month or thirty bucks a year, and that helps the show directly. Helps keeps the, uh, the server fees paid and all the costs that are associated with the show. And we appreciate everyone who does that very much. Now, uh, I liked with Uncanny X-Men 31, which was the wrap. Are you still reading this book, or is it just me? No, no. I think well, I read the first. This has been a really great companion book to all new X Men, which are you not also reading? or you? I am reading that that, uh, that one. I'm still reading. Uh, this storyline, they has been that they had discovered a mutant that Charles Xavier had found as a young man who was basically the most powerful mutant ever, and so he put all these psychic blocks in the kid's head to make him not know he was a mutant. And you know, they obviously they broke, and he got out, and he basically controls matter, and he, he can blow everything up. And uh, so they've been dealing with that. And this issue. They're basically throwing time travel to the wind. You know, the whole point of the all new X Men book has been the, to bring back the original X Men. So in this issue, uh, that w- one of the time traveling characters, there's a whole bunch of new characters in this book. It's all about these new mutants that they created. Uh, she can go back in time, so she goes back in time and grabs the old, the younger Xavier and brings him to the present. And I was like, well, now everyone's here. It's just they just they they're just saying fuck it. We're just going to go for it. And uh, this is actually a really great wrap up to the story in which. A lot of people have to do some things they don't want to do in order to keep the world from dying, and a lot of things, a lot of hard choices made. And uh, one of those great scenes where everything goes wrong, people die, like Cyclops, big people, people get killed, and then time travel wipes it out. the next, the next sequence, and it was—I uh, really liked it. This has been a great storyline, and Chris Bachalo has been drawing the hell out of it,
1: I, as he's wont to do. Yeah.
0: I also wanted to mention Miss Marvel 12, which was a really fun one-shot story in which Loki is sent by Odin to Earth uh, because there's uh, this character, the inventor. We've we've mentioned him earlier. He was the one that's been causing problems for Miss Marvel. He, he has the capacity to blow a hole in reality between Midgard and Asgard, so they want to stop him, so they send Loki down. And if you recall, Loki's been de-aged into sort of a movie version of himself. And uh, so he shows up in Jersey City to find this character, and he walks walking around dressed like an Asgardian, and there's lots of funny Brooklyn hipster gentr- gentrification jokes in this issue uh, as they see they're going to be overrun by dudes dressed as Vikings pretty, pretty soon because they're, they're sure that's the latest trend in Brooklyn. And uh, really fun one-shot in which Loki ends up at the school dance, puts the truth serum in the punch, and as you might imagine, a truth serum at a high school dance is probably a really bad thing. So... Um, Really fun one shot story. If you, much like I mentioned Lazarus, if you haven't read Miss Marvel and you're thinking about picking it up, this is a great issue to try out. It's just a one and done story. You don't need to know what's come before. You get a great sense of the characters. You get a great sense of the art style. And uh, it's really fun. Really, really fun issue.
1: All right. Uh, over at The Dark Horse, um, I noticed that there was a new series, Eggs. I don't know how to say it's A, uh, but in, instead of a G, it's a uh it's an eight, the numeral eight, uh as, as evidenced by the movie Seven mm-hmm.
0: uh
1: in nineteen ninety five. Um which is uh, not notable in itself at all. Uh but it was uh written, uh at least uh conceived but scripted uh by somebody else, uh and drawn by uh R- 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 Raphael Albuquerque. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He he wrote and drew this story. Um which is very good looking. Um, a man f- finds himself uh, stranded and out of time. And he's, he's captured by a group of Mad Max looking punks. And then he comes out uh, and, and there's a big city. That's what I got from it. Mm-hmm. So Did you like it? Well, what I said is that it looked really good. And then I explained a few things to you <laughs> about what I got out of it. I didn't know.
0: No, you it, was,
1: it felt super cliched, um, but looked better than most things that are super cliched. Mm-hmm. Uh, it felt very like like cyberpunky future where things are you know kind of. There's wrong. a lot
0: of books like that, and yeah. it's hard. Like I, I I keep wanting to try new things, and but you know they've got to be really good if they're going to be re- retreading the same ground, unless they're featuring characters that I well.
1: Here's like the deal: really is like. that Here's the deal is that i don't I, I don't know what the hook is
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I read it and and listen, I read a lot of books it's very possible that I missed the thing in there, but coming out of it like I got to the end and I was like I don't know what the hook is i I guess I think it's time travel, but and then the eight is supposed to represent infinity, mm-hmm. I think, which is a little bit clever, but at the end of the day, uh you know I'm going to read black science right um. Or or something you know, or like like Wasteland, or like you know, I'm not, I'm not going to, but like it's like those books right. where, you know, oh they have ragged T-shirts and Mohawks, and like, right. it's a tough girl, and um, I don't know, I don't know what the hook is supposed to it's be. It's Mad Max variation. It's a great looking book though. There's a Nazi. There's a guy. He's the SS. Hmm. So that's nice. There's um, So I guess there's there's that trope in there too, but. It's really good looking um so uh, maybe I'll read another one and see if that if that solidifies it for me at all. They, they went with like a a dual color thing like mm-hmm. it's just sort of bluish and orangish right um in, instead of uh the full what would that be called biochromatic bi- uh not bio, like, but well,
0: it's like a wash a color wash on it
1: no, but there's two colors basically, yeah. so instead of monochromatic there's two of them
0: two chromatic
1: yeah, but there's like the 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 you know orange and blue which are. Complimentary, that's basically and It changes, and then there's, there's a little bit of red But it looks It's, it's very nice looking oh,
0: I, I, mean, I meant to mention Silver Surfer 8 Last time, I don't think I did Silver Surfer 9 continues The delightful adventures of Silver Surfer And Don Greenwood, his human uh, Sidekick And in the last issue They stumbled upon a planet, I thought this was very clever Populated entirely by people Who survived The Galactus Attacks so the last member of their race. So it's a whole planet of people who, of aliens who are the last of their kind. And mm-hmm. so whenever one dies, that's the end of their race, and it's a, they have a very sad ceremony. So when Silver Surfer shows up, they obviously quite rightly freak out. And in this issue, we have two things that happen. One, Dawn Greenwood finds out that her crush, the Silver Surfer, is uh, responsible for the death of billions of people. Because back when he was Galactus' Herald, he... he brought Galactus to those planets. So she doesn't deal with that very well. And also, we actually have Galactus show up, as was teased in the last issue. And I haven't read a Galactus story in a while, and so this was fun to see him deal with Silver Surfer and also to see him drawn by Mike Allred because his style is perfectly suited for these kind of stories. And uh, I like the concept. At one point, Silver Surfer surfs a moon. He he decides he's going to take out Galactus, so he gets on a moon and surfs it into Galactus' head. Obviously. And, and uh, it's been fun. This has been a really great series. I like the appearance of Galactus, and I like that now uh, Don, Greenwood, and Silver Surfer had, had, to this point has sort of a fairy tale screwball romance going on, and now their first major stumbling block is, oh, but at one point I, I caused lots of people to die. So how do you deal with that in your relationship? It's, uh, it's tough. It's a big matzo ball. It's tough. It's a big elephant in the room. Yeah, yeah, Totally.
1: This week, uh, in terms of, uh, we're going to talk about quirky Marvel books mm-hmm. uh, to really just drill it down to its completely absurd essence. Um, she Hulk number twelve, which is the last of the uh, of the lovely Charles Soule. Um, is it Javier Rodriguez? It's been a couple. Javier Polito.
0: he's been the main artist, but there's been a couple of artists.
1: Yeah, but for the most part. So this is the last issue. We we wrap everything up, um, and the, the I guess the big twist is that. The bad guy was a guy that we thought was a good guy. Nightwatch. Nightwatch,
0: uh, who had like... He's the he anti-sentry.
1: He used the energy of a town that was murdered to revert the world to a reality in which he was a good guy and not a bad guy.
0: He, well, and he then, murdered the people to do that.
1: Yes, and then in that time, he was a good guy. and He yeah. did a lot of good, and he helped a lot of people, and he was philanthropic. Um, it was a really it was kind of strange
0: yeah, I didn't but love it was it. interesting I didn't love it but I did like a couple of things about it it actually yeah. might have been my least favorite issue of the, of the series
1: It might. I could see that but I also liked it was a thing that I'm still thinking about which is a good sign
0: well what I liked A was the look back at the sort of uh, Roger Stern and Bus- Sal Bushima era Avengers with uh, Dr. Druid and Tigra and She-Hulk <laughs> and, and Cat- Monica Rambeau Captain Marvel Although I don't know why Doctor Druid was helping the bad guys,
1: well, was he mind controlled?
0: I don't know. Maybe at one point he was bad. I'm not a Doctor Druid expert. I don't claim to be. No, me neither. But uh, I did like the sort of reverse centurying story. Is basically this guy made everybody believe he'd always been around as a good guy,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and changed everyone's reality. And I, a little I, little
1: touch of identity crisis.
0: Yeah, so that was fun. <laughs> but overall, it was okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, but. It- I don't know, like the like the bits at the end where they're all like hanging around in the office and and they've got their personalities and it's and Howard the Duck shows up. I'm like, I'm gonna miss that part.
0: Well, I the, like good, that part. the good news is, and Howard it, the Duck shows up. Is that, is that Charles Soule wrote in the afterward that he you know he's writing 15 Marvel books. I think it's 15, right? Mm-hmm. 25, something like that. 40. But he says I'm sneaking Jen and the gang into as many comics as I can. This series may be ending, but believe me, you'll see these folks again soon. Yeah. He likes these characters. Uh, clearly. So yeah. uh, Fun book, different book. you know. Nice little 12-issue run. If you like quirky, offbeat Marvel stories, th- this is a great book for you. There will probably be a collection of the 12 or maybe two collections of six, but it's super fun overall. Yep. Worth your time. Yeah. Absolutely. So those are the comics we're going to talk about this week. Go to com and you can find the post for this show and you can talk about other books or these books or talk about whatever you want uh this week at iFanboy.com. and so right before we started uh getting ready to record Josh mm. we were like so i guess we'll just talk about comics nothing's going on and then we decided to talk about aquaman this is Khaleesi, the se- there
1: this- is no word in
0: dothraki for aquaman this is the segment i like to call the tom Cater's memorial movie stills segment Aw. Uh,
1: <laughs> you're right you're tom right Cater's oh my god we're doing it used
0: to hate when when, whenever I fanboy would uh, do a whole post on a movie still, and he was actually do, making fun of it on Twitter again, but uh, so I, I like, that, that's what we'll call the segment, the Tom Cage Memorial Movie Still segment, and so we had our first look at Aquaman. He's not dead, right? I don't, I don't think he's dead, but okay. uh, so late, late last night, Zach Snyder tweeted out a photo of Jason Momoa from Game of Thrones in his Aquaman costume
1: and Conan. Don't forget, yeah, you know, forget Conan, Game of Thrones. <laughs>
0: Um, and under the title unite the seven and uh what do we what do you think Josh
1: I mean it, i don't hate it
0: mm-hmm.
1: from the standpoint of i'm looking at that i'm looking at that uh image and i go well that fits in with everything else they do mm-hmm. and it the, the uniform if you look at it makes sense it looks like 90s aquaman it's a who lot i like liked, that, the, the 90s which, so that's fair i don't really uh, le- Here's the thing is that Aquaman, to me, his personality has never really matched what he looks like. Right. And I think that, like, his pretty boy, blonde, uh, uh,
0: uh his Aryan looks.
1: Yeah. Don't match the personality that he was supposed to have. So I don't mind that he looks very different from that. So in that way, like, you know, it doesn't, it's not very far from that Aquaman. That being said, I really, I don't. I mean, I just don't like the the aesthetic of these things all together. Everything is gray. Mm-hmm. Everything is like I love
0: like when I see Aquaman, I think orange. I just do. You know what I mean? Well, you can see um, hints of gold in the in the armor. Um, and in, in the comics now, he wears gold instead of orange. But I do like that they're incorporating all of Jason Momoa's real tattoo work, and I like that he looks exotic and foreign, which was always the weird thing to me that the Atlanteans would look just like everybody on the surface mm-hmm. and I like that he looks like if that guy's standing next to Superman he's going to look different and not just because he's darker skin but just he, he's got a, a different feel to his appearance he's not yeah. just wearing a shirt and pants he's got armor and tattoos everywhere and crazy long hair and a beard so I think that's a great visual distinction for him
1: yeah it's he's foreign yes from the other things that we're, we're going to see. Um, maybe it doesn't make sense that he's a little darker since they're under the sea and getting no on. Right, right. So that's just, you know, maybe that's why he's so pale. Uh, I always thought, was there a time when he was, like, considered to be sound kind of Russian? That was a thing, right? Yeah, that
0: was in uh, year one. Yeah, year one, by the way, by Mark Wade and Barry Kitson is my favorite uh, Aquaman depiction. Yeah, I, right well, we talked about this a bit in the Throne of Atlantis podcast that I did with Paul Orion, Ryan, is that uh, it always annoyed me that in every other appearance by him, they don't ever make any effort to make him foreign. Mm-hmm. And so in that book, he actually had him with an accent, which I thought, of course, he should have an accent.
1: And no one could hear him.
0: Right, and no one could hear him. Because sound imagine, carries different
1: talking. underwater, so he would be very quiet, which I loved. And they, they actually visually did that, like his letters and his word balloons were smaller. And everybody would be like, what? Um, which I dug. And then I really liked the 90s version where he was just tortured because everybody in his life had gone or died and he lost his arm and you know that like I like angry Aquaman as, as a thing I think that's funny because it seems so antithetical to, to the Super Friends version that people think of Right. so it's fun like it's one of those things where going dark with it I don't feel I don't think feels cliched right. because nobody knows anything about Aquaman really it's true he's, he's a blank, blank slate bit of you know like every sort of story about him is going to be different than the other I think Peter David did a run and that was Busiek did a run Peter and, David and, run was
0: the, the only real run you need to read
1: Right, exactly. But there's lots of different versions of him. There, you know, there's there's the, there's the um, Grant Morrison's take on the character. Um, and these are all relatively modern. in the last 20, 20 years or so. Um, so I don't think that I could look at the picture of Jason Momoa and go, well, that's wrong. Because there isn't a wrong. Right. Like, do whatever you want with him. It doesn't really matter. So again, there's not a gigantic... Uh, Aquaman fan base that's going to be upset by it like do what you want with him make him work you know not like Hawkeye when they screwed with him <laughs> no it's exactly like Hawkeye there's like six people who care about Hawkeye so why not do whatever you need to have him fit in I guess um well
0: I think it's interesting
1: I, but I, overall like I, do I think that this this is going to be very good no I don't it just looks like it's, it looks like it's going to be no fun of
0: any kind right can't have that's fun it's, it's like. very serious business Josh yeah
1: well, you know, that's, if that, that's how they're going to counter-program to Marvel, then good luck
0: with that. I, I think it's interesting look. I think we will we'll be more interesting will be to see what the Flash and uh, and uh, those characters, Green Lantern, look like.
1: I think it's funny that somewhere in a meeting, like, the, like basically they said, we have to get people to take Aquaman seriously. And that sentence is flawed. <laughs> just like, just right away. You know what I mean? Like it's
0: Well, Jason Momoa staring at you with those, those eyes is one way to do it.
1: Yeah, that's true. I still, to this day, pretty much on a daily basis, will look at something and go, no. I can't not do it. Crown fucking. It doesn't.
0: It would be awesome if that's how he talks in the movie.
1: I assume that's what he really talks like,
0: right? <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> he wasn't even in the show that long, and that was like four seasons ago. And that's how great the character is.
1: He is the stallion who mounts the world.
0: And that's how great of a presence he was on screen. He's it's got true. A, he's got a screen presence. So he's Absolutely. not. Absolutely. We're not talking a minor casting job here. He's, but well, Conan true. did pretty terribly, but he's, uh, he's, a, he's got a presence. So we'll see how it goes. They just need to harness that presence. Yes. Harness it and mount the world.
1: Mount the world. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's do a couple of emails first before we get to those. Uh, a quick apology to Wes from Minnesota who wrote us last week with the problem with, with texting. Do you remember that, Josh? Mm-hmm. His name is Wes. We called him Paul throughout the, throughout the, the segment. Sounds like a text error to me. It was because he his final line of his email mentioned Paul and we just took it as a sign off in the chaos of doing the show. Ah, so Okay. That's so, fair. Wes apologies.
1: Yeah, remind me who, who's Paul? Who's this Paul guy?
0: <laughs> Do we He's your son? <laughs> ah, be quiet. Scary! <laughs> so the, the first email. Oh god, I love that movie. Anybody first, know anybody know
1: what that one is?
0: The first email is from uh, someone whose name is withheld by request. And he uh-huh. writes and says, Although I wasn't a writer or artist, I always wanted to work in the comic business. I managed to work for a number of years as one of those behind-the-scenes guys. Even though I didn't get paid a lot, I loved my job and most of my coworkers. Like a lot of people, I was let go in the economy tank. A handful of my colleagues managed to get jobs in the biz again. Many of us did not. One of the big independent publishers offered me a work-for-hire contract that when I considered the amount of work versus the pay would have been less than minimum wage. I got burnt out to and, do, and do something else now I listen to podcasts And read websites And try to keep up With what's going on The, the history of Behind the scenes Comics people Isn't pleasant You read about folks Who spent their lives Doing it And then are broke at the, In their old age It's tough to get a position Because there are a lot Of nepotism And always a batch Of fresh young adults Who are willing to work In comics for very little money But I'll admit Having a grown up job Is boring And I miss being excited About what I'm doing Any advice uh, oh, Are we doing this Yeah I, mean, I just read do- it Okay <laughs> This is a great email. Yeah. I mean, that's a really great email. I'm trying to figure out if I know who it is, but I don't. Um, it's interesting because I actually just had this conversation with someone who I work with now professionally who used to work at one of the big two companies. And we were illuminating my other colleague about how it behind is. the scenes of the comic industry really is. And it's and it, as he said in his email, it, it, it can be really great. You get really excited about it. If you love the comics, you work with great people. For twenty five thousand dollars a year,
1: and that could only last so long. Is I think I think the way it is. I think that I mean, if you look at Connor and I, you know, we worked doing this full time, talking about comics,
0: for doing all years. this stuff,
1: and I I loved that.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, it really was the most pr- rewarding professional experience.
1: Absolutely, I met the best people I've ever met. I still to this day, comics professionals are my favorite people in the world. They just uh, there's something about that group of people who who are like they took the thing they were doing seriously. They got involved with it. They have they have a a kind of uh, sensibility, a kind of sense of humor. Like they're my favorite people in the world. On the other hand, uh, with the exception of a select few, it's a really tough game to get along with, especially if you have other responsibilities. Like if you have, want to have a family, if you want to have a regular income. If you don't want to travel to conventions every weekend for half the year, it's tough to make a go. When 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 we stopped doing iFanboy full time, you know, Connor and I know lots of people who work in comics. I don't doubt that either of us could have found work doing it, Mm -hmm. but I think that we both looked at it and went, you know, what's that gonna be? What's that ultimately going to be my standard
0: line to the question that I get quite often is which is, do you miss working comics professionally? And we didn't work at a publisher, but we worked at Comics professionally, we were me- comics media people professionally,
1: and we well, did it full time, and we worked with the publishers yeah. every single day.
0: So but the question you know. I get asked, my answer is always, I miss it, but I, but I also like having a, a retirement plan. Mm-hmm. Like I like having a savings account, which is something that was basically impossible at the time, and it's which just, isn't it's the hard. case for everyone. No, you. People can do very well in comics. Executives obviously do very well, and we're not even talking about creators. Talking about the people who work behind yeah. the scenes, but for the most part, as he said, as name withheld said in his email, there's a never-ending supply of young people who love comics and want to work in them. And this is not that different from Hollywood or any other entertainment industry, yeah. where it looks awesome from the outside, but you get behind the scenes, and there's not a lot of money, and you work really hard. And it's and it's work. I mean, it's,
1: it's, a, it's a job. Even, you know, what we were doing was was work. Like, this is like, oh, i got to read more comics. And I know that sounds like, but your job's a job's a job, you know, eventually. And then the other thing is if you're on the other side of it, you see the other side of it. And that cannot yeah, help sometimes. Um, you know, you see that the guys and gals sort of controlling everything, maybe they don't seem to know what they're doing as much. Maybe you see the root of some of these things that, that you know, you didn't realize were, were bigger problems. Um, and again, this isn't to say you shouldn't do it. But at the at the same like you want to think about where does it lead? Like if your goal is just to work in comics, then that's awesome. But if you want to I guess build something for yourself at least, it's really hard. Let's take an example mm-hmm. of uh DC Comics uh move their offices
0: yeah. from
1: New York yeah. to um
0: Lovely Burbank, California. It's Burbank,
1: California, which is lovely.
0: I've lived there. It's um not lovely. <laughs> it's the worst place on earth.
1: Uh, um I liked where I lived. Uh uh now, they let a bunch of their staff go, or they said, you know, if you don't want to move, then, then you don't have to, and you can stay here, and that, that'll be the end of the job, or whatever. So, you've stopped working in comics. You have a very specialized skill. Where do you go? Right. There's two companies on the East Coast who make comics. For the most, two big companies. There's a couple of smaller ones, but really, somebody with an organization, somebody with an HR department, you know, all that stuff you're not working for DC or Marvel, what do you do? I mean you could you could like maybe this somewhere at Valiant. Like there's there's not a lot of options once it ends is what I'm saying. And it's top heavy. So all those people who are in it, like a lot of people I know people who are editors, you know, who either got laid off or just couldn't didn't want to keep doing it anymore. And they don't have anywhere else to go in comics. There's no up right to a certain extent. Um, and that may not be important to you, but you know, some people have families. They have kids. Those kids are going to go to school. They're going to need to go to college. You're you're, you're going to have you know, real life expenses. You're going to have you know to have a house or something. And comics is difficult on that. Other except for a a small, you know, a, a small group of
0: people, executives, people in charge. Yeah, it, and uh, it's hard. You have to decide. I mean, he, he wants no advice. He he misses working comics. He he his grown up job is boring. Most people's jobs are boring. and They're not excited about them. This
1: is the thing that I think started with our generation has creeped into the ones that are younger where people think that their, their job has to be a thing that's super fulfilling. That doesn't, doesn't seem to actually work. There aren't that many jobs <laughs> like that. So, like, eventually, you know, it's called a grown-up job for a reason. Like, you have to work. Why are you working? Uh, and if you're lucky enough to get a job that gives you that, too, then that's good. Um... I don't, know, I don't know how to answer that one. That's one of life's great existential things, but I will say… what's most important to you. Have, it's true. You, you say your priorities, but having worked in comics and in sort of enjoyed that social aspect of it, or I guess or that creative aspect of it, it, it I can just it confirm it's totally difficult to go back to working uh, with regular people on a regular job. It is. Uh, I don't know an answer for that.
0: But some people, it's more important they get to be in that environment. So that means you, know, you accept your realities of you know, a studio apartment or having five roommates and not having a, a retirement account and probably not having a family. And if that's what you want to do. That's totally fine. You to, but you have to decide what you want to do with your life.
1: You know, and it's the same thing with, uh, with, with creators. I think it's really close to that. There's, sort of, there's an inner circle, an upper echelon of people who totally can make a living. And then there's a bunch of sort of middle class, working class guys who are making a living, but I think who the the bottom could drop out at any time for a lot of those people because the industry is pretty volatile. Um, and it's the same thing with them. Like ultimately, I I start looking at it and I go, well, you know, what do I, what do I, what do I want? Do I you know, do I want to be a full time comic book creator or a person who works there? And how realistic is that? And the more that your responsibility amounts, the more like that seems like an awful idea.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: At least you know in terms of. Responsibility—the things that I have to deal um, with—which is really totally like sad, in a way—but also, you know, it's it's not unheard of. It's that's it's just kind of how it works. Um,
0: it's tough. It's a a really tough. It's a tough gig.
1: It is. It's a tough industry. It's very um, geographically dependent. You know, publishers—you're not going to get to work from wherever you want. Mm -hmm. Um, I sort of stuck my flag in that sand when I moved to New Hampshire. Right. Well, I guess it's not going to work. But, you know, but people do make it work. You know, I know there are retailers I know who do really well. There are people, you know, who work in, in the middle of those uh, publishers and they're doing well. They've been there for a long time. They feel good about it. I can't imagine, though, for most small publishers, there isn't like a, you're looking over your shoulder because, well, this could be it. What else am I going to do? What am I going to do then?
0: <laughs> right. And we've talked about this. There's not a lot of places to go. There's basically three or four companies you can work at and. And people, a lot of people, you, you'll see them just cycle through them. Yep. Because there's nowhere else that's going to hire you with your specialized skills. Yeah. A lot,
1: of, a lot of comics people end up going into publishing.
0: Yeah. Well, that's very similar.
1: Like book publishing. Because they have relationships there already and things like that. I've seen that a lot, but... Um,
0: yeah. tough, tough life question name withheld.
1: Yeah. Good question, though. That was, it was interesting. I hope, I hope we didn't just bum the shit out of everyone.
0: Yeah. So that was a good email from Ron Richards. I mean... Oh, shit. (laughs) Uh, Read the next one. Uh,
1: Justin says, DC and Marvel are, reshuff- are shuffling their publication lineups after the next big event. It seems that the current trend is branching out into different IPs, which result in books that last 12 to 20 issues, and are then canceled or relaunched. With this current publishing trend and adding in the new publishing lines, DC's announced there, Marvel hasn't announced their post-Civil War Secret Wars lineup, uh, which do you think will be higher, the number of monthly books dropped by current readers or the number of monthly books added by current readers? New readers. Monthly books, meaning habitually... Right, buy new readers. Monthly books, meaning habitually buying, reading each new issue of a title. I'm guessing that their goals are to add new readers, though shifting more towards stories and not continuity may alienate
0: current readers. Anguish. Anguish? There's a lot of anguish out there because uh, one of the things DC said is with their relaunch, their mini relaunch is they're focusing with those particular books not their entire line, but that particular lineup of books that they announced, we talked about this two shows ago, or was it last week? It was last week. Yeah. Uh, Those particular books are going to focus more on telling stories and worry less about the continuity. They mentioned specifically that the Justice League of America book is not really going to be worried about continuity. It's just going to tell Justice League stories. And so that's freaking people out whose whole uh, reason for reading these stories is the continuity. Mm Mm-hmm. I remember having this discussion on a comics podcasting panel at San Diego when the <laughs> relaunch happened originally. People were freaking out. And the question is, what are you reading the stories for? Are the stories are just for the continuing tapestry of the continuity? If you're reading for the continuity, then you're not too happy right now. I think it's the same people. I don't think it changes.
1: I think the people will grouse about the continuity thing, but they will still buy the new things. And I don't think it will go up or down.
0: I've actually met people think, here that, that have stopped reading books from Marvel and DC because of the uh, like less continuity.
1: But I feel like it will even itself out. Like there will be some new people and there will be some people who drop off and, and that
0: little stream of readers will get... I think ultimately the numbers won't change. That's, much, I mean, that's what I'm getting Much at. like you know DC saw the huge bump when they relaunched, but then... Eventually, then everything just settled back down pretty close to what it was before. The water finds its level kind of thing. And DC is clearly going for expanding their reader base, more books with female leads, more books with um, minority leads, and maybe that will bring in new readers. Or maybe it will just please the current readers who are looking for that. I don't know. Most likely, I think, the second.
1: Yeah, I I think mostly it's going to stay about the same. And I think I think it's mostly going to be the same people. I think people like to grouse about it, but th- at the end of the day, they're going to buy the book that has Spider-Man on the cover because they like Spider-Man, right? And 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 then additionally because so and so is doing it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like if, you know, I, I, oh, Brian Bendis is writing that book. Oh no, wish they weren't doing it. Yeah, I'll take one, please. Like it, it's that's what I think.
0: I also think that at this point, DC, there's not much DC can do to make it worse. than What? what no. Know, what they've got going on So might as well try something new Which they already did once And it went badly so. Well that's what I mean they, they mucked up their chance To start over in a clean way They made it worse By trying to do new stories That also featured old stories And made their whole thing a mess So and I still feel that When I read a lot of these books That reference things that happened in the past Like Batgirl this week And it's just like Okay just stop talking about things that happened before But so maybe if they're going to not focus on that stuff and just tell stories, that's a, for me that's a really interesting thing. I'm looking forward to reading those books or some of those books, not all of them, but some of them. So we'll see. But I think, I think you're right, Josh. I think it's just going to even out.
1: See, I was right. That's how it always ends up. Great questions this week. If you want to take part in the conversation and contribute to the show, you can email us at contact.ifanboy. You can leave a voicemail at 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697. Tell us who you are and where you're from and try to keep it around 30 seconds. Um, But if it's 29 seconds exactly, we're probably going to think you're spam. So that's (laughs) your your challenge, I suppose. Um, Yeah. Where should they go?
0: Head over to ifanboy.com, comment on this show, talk about this week's books, and find out all of our other podcasts, just like the Aquaman Throne of Atlantis podcast I mentioned earlier. Actually, Justice League Throne of Atlantis because you can't be selling no Aquaman DVDs. So uh, you can find those shows, all of them at ifanboy.com. Also, follow us at facebook.com slash ifanboy and at ifanboy on Twitter. That's where you can find out what the pick of the week is before the show. And follow us individually at J.A. Flanagan and at C.S. Kilpatrick. Hey, if you like the show, you could write a review in iTunes.
1: Or better yet, tell your friends about us. (laughs) Introduce your mom to podcasts. Pause. Help us spread the iFanboy love. I've never actually read that copy. There you go.
0: That's some old copy. It's yeah, yeah. The introduce your mom line. Can we kill that? We can kill it. We can do whatever we want. It's a brave new world. I know. It's true. Uh,
1: Seriously though, uh, one really easy, quick way to help us is is spread spread the word. Spread the one way or the other. You know. That, that, w- that would really help if you like the show if you like something we did share it uh, on your social media or talk to the folks at your comic shop we always appreciate that
0: and so that's this week in comics there it is the week that was I'm Chevy Chase and you're not <laughs> until next week I'm Connor no